friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we hit the court with Happy Madison and Netflix's Hustle. I'm Stanley Sugarman. I'm a scout for the 76ers. I want to coach someday. Do you love being away from home all the time? Are you just going to give up on your journey? Been in this league for 30 years, and it's like I'm nothing. Will you come to Philly? Your whole world's going to change overnight. I got to work. My mom and my daughter, they mean everything to me. Salary's $900,000. He will call in sick. I just want to make sure I do what's right for the kid. He's got a daughter to support. You got a daughter to support. Where are you from? Spain. Sounds wet. You think you can stop me? Welcome to America! A basketball scout discovers a phenomenal streetball player while in Spain and sees the prospect of his opportunity to get back into the NBA. Written by the team of Taylor Matern and Will Fetters and directed by Jeremiah Zagar, Hustle stars Adam Sandler as Stanley Sugarman, Queen Latifah as Teresa Sugarman, Juancho Hernan Gomez as Bo Cruz, Ben Foster as Vince Merrick, Kenny Smith as Leon, and features Anthony Edwards, Robert Duvall, Jordan Hull, Maria Boto, Raul Castillo, Heidi Gardner, and Jaleel White. Now whether you like him or not, Adam Sandler's career is on an aggressive upswing in the world of dramatic film. After winning a few smaller awards and being nominated in the incredible movie Uncut, Cut Gems, The Sandman continues to work with Netflix, releasing a basketball-centric movie that features a ton of current and past players. Now, while I'm not a big basketball fan, I am a big fan of Sandler. Say what you will about some of his stinkers like Jack and Jill, but the man knows how to string together three to four acts in a compelling enough way that I stay entertained and involved. And while Uncut Gems is far and away his best film, this one is definitely worth your 117 minutes. Acting-wise, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Now while stars like Sandler and Hernan Gomez both light up the screen while they're on it, the athletes leave little to brag about. There's a couple of exceptions, but the biggest one would be Anthony Edwards, who plays Bo the Cruise Missile Cruise's rival, Kermit Wiltz. Now while that doesn't mean the rest of the athletes are bad, the majority are simply just playing themselves in short cameos. The ones with lines are not the strongest actors that I've seen. Story-wise, the athlete from nowhere story has been done hundreds of times, but why fix what isn't broken? The charm of the story and the redemption angle always make these movies heartwarming. Musically, you can expect a ton of Philly artists in a mostly hip-hop-based soundtrack, and set-wise, it's just beautifully shot. Now, there isn't a ton that I didn't like about Hustle. Again, not being a basketball fan, some of the cameos were lost on me, but that didn't make this a bad movie. In fact, when stars like Shaquille O'Neal or Dr. J show up, it's hard not to get just a little bit excited. As a Hoops fan or not, I would definitely recommend Hustle. I give Hustle an A-. It finally feels like summer out there, so get out and really enjoy the weather. But before you do, the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are always welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with a couple of delays. Deadline is reporting that Warner Brothers has updated their release schedule, and in doing so, have pushed back the release of Dune Part 2, the second half of director Denis Villeneuve's two-part adaptation of Frank Herbert's novel Dune, from October 20th of 2023 to November 17th of 2023. This shift now puts Dune 2 in direct competition with The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, as well as Universal's Troll 3, and a movie coming from Paramount that's directed by John Krasinski.
Wachowski, starring Ryan Reynolds. Warner Brothers also took the opportunity to announce the Godzilla vs. Kong sequel, which will release on March 15th of 2024. In the rumor mill, during a recent interview with comicbook.com, actor Joel McHale spoke about the long gestating movie adaptation of the television series Community from Dan Harmon and offered up a hopeful update on the film by confirming that studios are interested in doing it after seeing the show's success on streaming. I mean, there's been so much talk of it where I used to go, maybe there'll be a movie. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's more likely now because the show has done so well streaming wise. It's really just a matter of getting everybody together and getting schedules right. And, you know, that it's it's like making a dessert on Crime Scene Kitchen. We're like, (laughs) all these elements have to come together and they have Mm -hmm. to come together at the right time. So I... I would say it's more likely, definitely more likely than it used to be. And I, so I, I'm positive about it when I'm usually not. Okay. Uh, so, cause in, I, I'm always like, I've been, I've, I guess the way I've protected myself in this business going like, well, we threw that thing out there. We'll see what happens, but we'll catch another wave. And hopefully we can serve that one into the shore. But I more, more than I ever imagined. I was like, oh, this might happen. So We'll see. Plans for a community movie began back in 2014 when the series was initially canceled by NBC. The cast had all expressed interest in coming back for a film, and it's based around a joke popularized in the show itself, as Danny Putty's Abed frequently spoke on the concept of some TV shows getting six seasons and a movie to close out its story properly. Legendary shock jock Howard Stern has been in the news recently for a couple of different reasons. Earlier this week, Stern announced that he was thinking of running for president of the United States in the 2024 election, as long as actor Bradley Cooper would be his running mate. Additionally, Stern let it slip that he's actually shooting a Doctor Doom movie for Marvel and that he's not happy about it. Well, on a break from his Sirius XM show, he chatted with producer Gary Delabate over a hot mic about his plans for the summer. Allegedly, Stern wasn't aware that the microphone was still on when he began speaking about filming a Doctor Doom movie with Marvel, and when his Sirius XM co-host Robin Quivers asked him about his summer plans, 20% off your first order. I mean, Get 20% uh, off are you right now at TommyJohn.com well, I told you I'm going to do Doctor Doom. TommyJohn.com slash That's the thing. For details. But, I, but, but I, I don't even believe me. I'm fucking miserable about it. I don't even. You listen to I the Stern Show because, on your radio. Because I'm an asshole. But that's what I did on America's Got Talent. So. That's right. You listen to the well, Stern Show on your actually, radio. Are you Good morning, everybody. Yeah, well, yeah, I called Robert Downey Jr. and I said, like, you know, how did you, um, like, was, like, was asking him acting Stern went on to say that he's reached out to MCU royalty Robert Downey Jr. for acting tips and plans to do the same with Iron Man director John Favreau. As of right now, Marvel has not announced any official plans for a project centered around Doctor Doom, but it's possible this project gets announced in the announcement of Phase 5 of the MCU. There's another rumor right now that Doctor Doom will appear in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, with the villain having a minor role. Over in the Hollywood courts, Game of Thrones and Gunpowder Milkshake star Lena Headey is currently being sued for $1.5 million by her former UK agency Troika over unpaid commission fees for several projects, including a part that was cut from Marvel's Thor Love and Thunder. Troika, which rebranded to YMU in 2020, says that Hetty owes the company $500,000, or equal to 7% of her fee, for her part in Taika Waititi's Asgardian film. Unfortunately, Hetty does not appear in the film, as her role was cut from the film's final version. The lawsuit also states that she owes the agency $300,000 for the film Nine Bullets, in which Hetty stars alongside Sam Worthington in a lead role, and $650,000 for her role in the Showtime dramedy series Rita. Hetty argues that she never signed a formal contract with Troika or its co-founder, 
co-conspirators Duffco, as she believes both acted under an oral agreement when Duff was still at Lou Carl Associates in the late 1990s. And since oral arguments are difficult to prove, it remains unclear if the details are considered ironclad. And the Ezra Miller controversy continues as more alleged victims continue to speak out against the actor. One of the victims is actually a part of a viral story that broke in 2020, but somehow didn't gain enough traction to make any waves. Now that several stories have emerged about Miller, more is being revealed that the first instant as yet another story is beginning to come to surface. Back in 2020, while Ezra Miller was set to start filming Warner Brothers' Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore in London, the film was halted due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Miller went to Iceland and became a regular at bars in the capital of Reykjavik, where they began befriending locals. As per Variety, Carlos Rainier, who was a bartender at a pub called Prika Kaifas, said that he had to intervene in two altercations that involved Miller. One started with banter that turned into the actor putting a male into a chokehold and later slapping him while the other resulted in Miller assaulting a young woman at a bar. This is the incident that began making the rounds on social media, which saw Miller placing the woman in a chokehold and then pushing her to the ground. Variety recently spoke with the woman in question again, and while she requested to remain anonymous out of concerns for her privacy, her story is more harrowing than we realized. The woman saw that Miller was wearing flip-flops and asked about wounds on the actor's feet. Miller replied that they were battle scars from a fight, and after discussing how the actor got them, the woman began to walk away, but she turned around and jokingly said, but just so you know, I could take you in a fight. Miller then replied, you really want to fight? And the woman said to meet her in a nearby smoking area in two minutes. The woman thought it would be all fun and games, but clearly it wasn't. She went on to say, quote, I think it's just fun and games, but then it wasn't. All of a sudden, they're on top of me, choking me, still screaming in my face if I want to fight. My friend who's filming sees they're obviously not joking and it's actually serious, so he stops filming and pushes them off of me as they're still trying to fight me. Two guy friends of mine are actually holding Miller back as they're screaming, this is what you wanted, this is what you wanted. The woman then claims Miller spat in her friend's face multiple times, which came off even more threatening at the height of the pandemic. Meanwhile, another story emerged in the wake of all of Miller's madness that involved a woman named Nadia, who requested that only her first name be used out of concern for her privacy. She claimed she began a two-year friendship with Miller, mostly via text, that was initially warm and friendly. Finally, on one evening in February 2022, Miller came to her apartment in Berlin as she claims they hadn't seen each other since they had consensual sexual encounter in 2020. Despite the visit beginning on a friendlier note, Nadia says Miller's mood took a turn when she told the actor they couldn't smoke in her house. She went on to say, quote, that just set them off. I asked them to leave for about 20 minutes, maybe more. They started insulting me. I'm a transphobic piece of shit. I'm a Nazi. It became so, so stressful for me. They were going around my house looking at everything, touching everything, spreading tobacco leaves on the floor. It felt disgusting and very intrusive. Nadia says that she spent nearly half an hour pleading with Miller to leave, and the actor only did so once she called the police. Nadia claims that the incident left her feeling deeply disturbed, and while she never feared a sexual assault, she did believe the actor could somehow attack me physically. Reports have been said that Warner Brothers is done with Miller in the DCEU after the release of The Flash, but there is a big elephant in the room about that film's release as well. In streaming news, actress Cameron Diaz is coming out of retirement to star opposite Jamie Foxx in the appropriately titled Netflix film Back in Action. Announcing the project over Twitter, Jamie Foxx played a clip from a phone call he had with Cameron Diaz where he introduced the unretiring actress to somebody who may be a little bit more of an expert in unretiring, that being the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Hello? Cameron, what up? It's fine. What's up? Thanks for calling. I'm so anxious right now. I'm like pacing the room. How do you feel though? I feel excited, but I don't know how to do this, you know? I understand. Listen, I got somebody on the line that can help you with this. Can I click him in? I would love that. Any kind of tip I can get. All right, right, hold on a second. Hello, Tom, you there? Jamie, what's up, man? Chilling, man. Cameron, it's the goat. What? Tom? Hi, Cameron. 
Oh my God, is this Tom Brady? I was talking to Jamie, and um, he said you need a few tips on how to unretire. <laughs> relatively successful at unretiring. Honestly, exactly what I needed. Well, guys, I'm going to jump off and let you guys chat it up. Also at Netflix, Deadline has reported that the streaming service has scooped up The Electric State, a sci-fi drama set to star Millie Bobby Brown from the Russo Brothers. The Electric State was first announced in 2020, and at the time it was said that the project was being set up at Universal. A deal hadn't been made, but Netflix began circling the project earlier this year and finally closed a deal. Based on the illustrated novel by Simon Stalling, The Electric State is set in a retro-futuristic past where an orphan teenager, played by Millie Bobby Brown, traverses the American West with a sweet but mysterious robot and an eccentric drifter in search of her younger brother. It was also announced this past week that five actors have joined the cast for the live-action MonsterVerse TV, and those actors are Anna Sawai, Kiersey Clemens, Joe Tippett, Alisa Lasowski, and Ren Watabi. The MonsterVerse series, which is also being referred to as Godzilla and Titans series, is being set up at Apple TV+. The project is set after the events of the 2014 Godzilla movie and will explore one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a legacy linking them to the secret organization known as Monarch. Over at Prime, it was announced that Kyle MacLachlan has signed on to play an unspecified role in the Prime series adaptation of the popular video game series Fallout. Variety is also reporting that Celia Mendez-Jones and Aaron Moten have also been added to the cast, joining previously announced cast members Ella Purnell and Walton Goggins. The series, like the video games on which it's based, is set in a world where the future envisioned by Americans in the late 1940s explodes upon itself through a nuclear war in 2077. And finally, we end with a couple of stories in the land of Peacock. Peacock has decided not to move forward with the Field of Dreams television series, even after giving it a straight-to-series order in August of 2021. Based on Universal's Oscar-nominated film, the project hailed from The Good Place creator Mike Schur, the film's producer Lawrence Gordon, and Universal TV. Written by Schur, Field of Dreams reimagines elements of director Phil Alden Robinson's 1989 sports drama that centered on Iowa farmer Ray Kinsella and his magical baseball field. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Peacock became interested in the project amid a surge of popularity for the 1989 film starring Kevin Costner following MLB's Field of Dreams game between the New York Yankees and Chicago White Sox. And finally, during a recent interview about the NFT release of his film Kilroy Was Here, writer-director Kevin Smith discussed Twilight of the Mallrats, his sequel to the film Mallrats, and what would happen despite a finished screenplay and most of the original cast willing to return. Smith indicated that a television release once again may be the route he takes the sequel with on Universal's streaming platform Peacock. I I think that's kind of personal. I don't think I should answer that. Smith said he's currently working on an unrelated project at Peacock, while Mallrats 2 is currently bouncing around other sections of Universal. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at TalkingMoviesPC, and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, I'll say one last inspirational thing to you. They can't kill you if you're already dead. <laughs>